0: Welcome to Make It Simple, where we take complicated issues and, with the help of an expert, break them down into ideas we can understand, truths we can apply, and questions worth pondering. I'm Matt Popovitz, and with me is my co-host, Rachel Ryder. Rachel, hold on one second. I'll I'll be with you in just a second. I need to just finish this thing on my phone. I'm texting a couple people.
1: No, that's okay. I'm checking my Instagram real quick and tracking my Amazon orders. (laughs) Oh, what's new on Netflix? Okay, I'm good. Oh,
0: good. Yeah. See, we're both deeply distracted by our technology, which is a perfect setup. It just so happens a perfect setup for what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Rachel?
1: Today, we're going to be talking about screen time and how to have better screen time with Andrea Davis.
0: Andrea Davis. Yeah, if you're not familiar with who Andrea is, Andrea is a former secondary ed teacher turned screen time navigator. She's the founder of Better Screen Time, where she shares family tested ideas from the tech trenches as a mom of five. And Andrea is on a mission to help parents worry less about tech and connect more with their kids. Uh, that speaks to me because I'm a parent and you're a parent. And we we, we have conversations on the regular about how we're doing as parents, how our kids are faring. Yeah. And one of the things that always comes up for me is figuring out how much time my kid should spend on his iPad, how much time my mm-hmm. daughter should spend, spend on her iPhone. So like, I'm looking forward to this. What about you?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I certainly see, you know, you reach these points where you're like, we've just kind of let it get out of hand. Like yep. I have no rules, restrictions, watch TV, play Minecraft, whatever. And it just feels better when you have a plan, but I don't even know where to start with that. Like I, I have, I have a feeling about what's too much TV or too much online time, but I don't have any like structure to fit that together. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I feel this tension between like I, I want to empower my kids to
1: mm-hmm.
0: to use technology appropriately. So I've got to have it in their hands. Right. Then there's so much good stuff that's on there. But then also, like, I feel like I need to protect them from yeah. like terrible content and <sighs> terrible people, but also like yeah. their own terrible impulses impul- that they that they could like live out with technology. So, I, yeah, but but like, like, like you just said, like, I don't even at times know where to begin because I myself struggle mm-hmm. to manage screen time and all the tech in my life and so 100%. i can yeah i can feel like really really ill equipped so uh, yeah. so i'm i'm very much looking forward to this conversation with with Andrea. Uh, Rachel before we dive in is there anything specific that you plan on asking Andrea about?
1: You know, it's come up in our family about, you know, what is our stance on smartphones and yeah. um we're we're coming into that world and my kids have friends with smartphones and so i'd like like to hear from her. Um where do i start like what do, what do i need to be aware of what do we plan when's too early when's not when is it appropriate i don't know so um, i'd love to hear from her specifically about phones
0: yes yeah, yeah I, i'm right there with you now my my 16 my year old daughter already has an iphone but like i i would love to get some 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 info from her about like When's the best age for someone yeah. to get a personal device? I mean, you know, my daughter already has one, but my son is asking for one and he's only 8 years old. And so <laughs> I'd love some wisdom from her about like, all right, so how do you know like when a kid is ready to get their own phone, their own personal device that's on their person like all the time. So, so that that's one of the questions at the top of my list. So, yeah. So Rachel, what do you say we we put down our phones, we put away all the other devices, and we dive into this conversation with Andrea Davis about screen time? Let's do it. Andrea, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to chat with you today.
2: I'm super excited to be here with you and Rachel. Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. And this is a this is an important topic for me because I've got two kids. Rachel's got kids mm-hmm. and Figuring out how much, if any, screen time they should get is like a perpetual, constant conversation in my house. Kind of a similar thing for you, Rachel, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then all the the questions and the fears and everything that come around this world, that's not like what we grew up in. Um, And so we're very excited to talk to you today.
0: Yeah, this is is a dinner table conversation for us as a family, like on a regular basis. And for for Lisa (laughs) and I, especially my wife and I, um, as we try to navigate life with a 16-year-old and a seven-year-old. So, yes. <laughs> so Andrea, my question for you is: How did how did this start for you? How, how did how did you begin uh, writing, speaking, talking about screen time?
2: Well, I think this journey started a long time ago, before Better Screen Time even existed, or even had a thought about doing this. When my oldest was around two, so she's 17 now to give you some perspective. My husband was working on his PhD at Purdue and we had a lot of great friends and influences there. Just a lot of great people that we met. And one of my friends that I met there was an, a voracious reader. Like she loved to read. Like I loved to read, but she took it to a whole nother level. <laughs> he had read like everything. And I just asked her one day, I said, what did your parents do to instill this love of reading? And she said, oh, well, we didn't have a TV growing up. And I was like, really? (laughs) And I just got curious. I went home. I told my husband, Tyler, I said, what would you think if we just put the TV in the closet and we use it like an appliance? So we just pull it out for family movie night and for the Olympics. And my husband's not really into sports. And so it was kind of an easy sell (laughs) and he's an engineer. So he's super practical. So he was like, okay. And, um, really it was a lot less about the TV and more about me wanting to raise readers and have Mm -hmm. kids that love to read. So we did that and crazy to say, but here we are like 15 years later and that that's still what we do. So if you walk into our house, you won't see a TV sitting out. Um, and so that worked really well for a long time. I felt like, When my kids were younger, we spent a lot of time like going to the library and it wasn't that they never watched any media. We had a desktop. We'd get DVDs Mm -hmm. from the library. So it wasn't that they never watched anything, but their screen time was pretty limited. Well, fast forward years later. And as you guys know, and I know technology has changed drastically, especially in the past decade. So technology changed and also my kids were getting older. And so while I had been able to kind of keep them in this bubble and protected for a long time, my oldest was now in middle school Mm -hmm. and we had a big cross country move. We moved from Illinois to Oregon where we now live and we handed over a smartphone to our oldest. And in our minds, (laughs) it was just completely out of practicality, like, She was leaving these friends behind that she, that's a hard age to move. First of all, middle school, and she was leaving these friends behind. And at that point, kids were starting to get phones in middle school. In addition, we were moving to a place where I didn't know anyone and I was nervous. I think parents feel different about staying connected with their kids post nine 11 post Columbine post a lot of these big events that, that. I guess have really affected our parenting. And so I felt like I want her to know where to get off the bus. I want to be able to get in touch with her. And so in my mind, the smartphone, as far as it went was like, it's a communication tool. Right. Well, after a couple of months, um, she come home from school and normally we'd have the conversation, like, how was your day? How was school? And instead of us having that conversation, I saw her sitting at the kitchen table eating her after-school snack, like eating some cereal, and then mm-hmm. it looked like this, like scrolling mm-hmm. and texting. Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, what did I? Wait, <laughs> what, what did we do? What happened here?" And yeah. um, my husband and I had a conversation. We had some hard conversations. We talked to her daughter, and we realized that we had given too much too soon, and we hadn't mm. prepared her. We hadn't prepared ourselves again. This was five years ago. So there really is not a lot of education around this. And so we went back to a brick phone. That was what was available at the time. And there were a lot of tears, excuse me, on behalf of my daughter and myself. And it was not fun, but it was one of the best decisions I made. And I just realized, you know what? parents need some more help around this because as i started to talk to parents they were like well just don't do what i did <laughs> like well what do i do right <laughs> what am i supposed to do yeah so i thought you know what i have five children my oldest you know at, at the time was in middle school and i thought i am going to spend a lot of time for many years navigating this i guess that this is what i'm This is my calling and I need to just step up and help other parents so they don't make the mistake that I did and then figure out how to move forward. So that was how Better Screen Time began. Yeah. our kiddo definitely has big emotions. And part of it is that, you know, those tantrums were lasting for a really long amount of time, like way above what I think they say. I mean, yeah, they were just so long. So I think for sure with some of the techniques, like the light switch, which was one of the first things we learned with you guys, the duration of those immediately started to cut down.
1: Well, it's great because, um, you know, you can make really great steps, like you not having a TV readily available and things like that. But we live in a world where realistically screens are coming for us, yes. and so um, it is very valuable work um, to be doing for sure.
0: Andrea, tell me a little bit about what's at stake in all of this. Like, like yeah. what what is the downside of? too much screen time, you know, is, is it really, is it really just about making sure that your kids stay relationally engaged with you rather than staring at their phone or are there, are there bigger things at stake? Are there deeper and, and even scarier implications of just having too much screen time?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of the above, I think the first sign to me was that relational, that lack of discon- that disconnect and that lack of connecting, because again, Normally when my daughter came home from school, there was the opportunity to connect and have conversation. All of a sudden there was a device that was a wedge between us and between that conversation. And that was my, my first red flag was that this is definitely causing some disruption in rela- mm-hmm. in relationships. And not only that, but when my oldest was young, I didn't have a smartphone as a parent. Yeah. And right. so I also was like, I am learning how to navigate this as well. Using this tool efficiently and effectively and not allowing it to disrupt my relationship with my kids. And that that's also been new for us as parents. So that that was my first red flag. But um following that, then there were definitely uh we had an incident where, so before there was TikTok, there was musically. So that's Mm -hmm. what TikTok used to be. And it was super popular here. It was just really popular at the time, especially with middle schoolers. So it was like getting on and singing the lyrics to the songs and, you know, the, all of my daughter's peers seem to have it. And so, you know, that was one of the things that all of a sudden was on the phone that I didn't mm-hmm. even know existed. And also she was singing words to a song, um, with lyrics that didn't line up with our family's values. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't think she even knows what these lyrics mean, which you could argue, obviously that could happen with just a song on the radio. But again, the the difference is like normally that would be played out loud, where maybe the whole family's hearing it or, or whatever you're yeah. kind of catching on. But these devices are so private and personal mm-hmm. that it's there's a lot that can go on that you that you can't see, and so that was a red flag for me. And we were lucky that that was something that was pretty minor, but sure. it was um, just one of those signs, and then adding on to that as my work has continued and I talked to more and more parents, uh, we have a lot of dangers we have to worry about, mm-hmm. um, one mainly being online predators. So again, these people that are coming after our kids used to hang out at the park. They don't hang out at the park anymore. They hang out online because they know that's right. where kids are, especially through the pandemic. So there's access to people who have, um, not the greatest goals in mind for our kids. Um, there's something called sextortion where you'll have an online predator stranger asking a child or a teen for photos of them. Quite often there'll be photos of them, you know, without a lot of clothes on or in some kind of a risk pose and then they'll try to blackmail the kids and teens and say, Hey, if you don't, that they might say they want money or they want some kind of a favor or something. If you don't follow through with this and I'm g- going to, you know, post this picture or, mm-hmm. you know, notify authorities or, or whatever. And then, um, that's putting the kid in a situation where I think, Oh my goodness, I don't want to tell my parents that this is happening. And it's kind of a vicious cycle. Sure. Now given worse, that's worst case scenario, <laughs> right. but it happens, sure. it happens. And then, um, you know, just going into obviously like screen addiction, you know, you could argue whether it's addiction or not, but there are definitely kids who tend to have a really hard time stepping away from video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media is definitely affecting, uh, some teens, mental health. You know, it doesn't affect everyone the same way, but there's a lot of studies uh, behind how uh, social media is affecting our teens' mental health. And um, yeah, the list goes on. So there are a lot of dangers and things that, that as parents, we need to be mindful of.
0: I think as parents, though, a lot of times we can feel stuck in trying to manage our kids' screen time because we feel like we're going to be a hypocrite if we tell them to spend less time on their phone or less time staring at a television streaming a show because we're always doing that. Yeah, like, I'm always looking at my phone, or I'm always <laughs> watching some show on Netflix, or or I, you know, I'm a I'm I'm a 42 year old guy. I I play video games like so so like uh-huh. there's a there's a part of me that's like who am I to say to my kids, hey, you need to put down the device and actually engage with your family when so often like my own wife has to say the same thing to me. So yeah. like, what do you do to encourage parents who feel like? Well, I'm stepping on my own foot here. I I can't manage the screen time of my kids because I struggle to manage it for myself.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's where I always encourage parents to start. So we have an online course called Creating a Tech Healthy Family, and it actually starts with us as the parent. And that's where I had to start. Because again, when I my oldest got older and was starting to have more access to a device, I thought, what do I want to model? And so we sat down and created a family tech plan. And we talked about where will we, we use screens, what will we do on them, how long's too long you know, and kind of just went through those basic questions. And that was helpful because it helped me as a parent to be accountable as well. Like we talked about not taking screens in the bedrooms or the bathrooms and the kids were like, well, you take your laptop into the bedroom. And I was like, you're right. And I, I changed that. I changed that about four years ago. And I think that when you can at least push yourself to experiment a little bit and experience the benefits of having some more personal boundaries, then you become more committed because you like the results. So for example, for me, keeping my phone out of the bedroom meant that I had a better relationship with my spouse because Mm -hmm. there were more conversations at night instead of people sitting on the bed scrolling on their phone. (laughs) And now that my oldest, so my two oldest kids are girls, they're 17 and 14, they share a bedroom. And I love like at 11 o'clock at night, I'll hear them giggling and sometimes it's annoying me because it's keeping me <laughs> up. But on the other hand, I'm thinking what would have happened if I would have, we would have never set that boundary of not taking screens in the bedrooms. Sure, They wouldn't have the relationship that they have because they would both be under the covers on their device instead of ha- building that connection together. And so I think as parents, if we can just kind of push ourselves to do a little bit better and not. Just like, okay, I'm just never going to be on a screen because obviously it's not realistic, but thinking, are there certain times of day that I can safeguard like dinner time or even like the hour after dinner when perhaps 10 years ago, maybe we used to always go on a family walk and we don't anymore because everybody Mm -hmm. separates and goes on their screen. So I love to think about what are those family rituals that you want to safeguard And that Mm -hmm. you can keep screen free. And that just kind of helps us as parents to be like, okay, I can put my screen away for that family walk or for family dinner Mm -hmm. or jumping on the trampoline. You know, whatever it is that's important to you. And also, we we talk a lot in our family about the three C's of screen time. So, am I connecting, creating, or consuming? Mm -hmm. And obviously, we want to use our screens to connect and create more than we consume. So yeah, you might like playing video games, Matt, but, and that's not entirely bad, but then just like talking about, okay, that's consuming. What's a good amount of time for us and our family to spend consuming given like the other things that we want to do. And could we do that together? And that's always the best kind of screen time is together screen time. So Mm -hmm. if we are choosing to watch Netflix or play a video game, can we do that together and that. Mm -hmm. That's always going to bring the benefits I think we want in our family rather than an isolated experience.
1: Um, Let me ask. So you talk a lot about um, a culture within our home of how you approach screen times, but um, also, you know, you've got kids in schools that are integrating technology and that's just unavoidable. So it's like, they're always on screens there as well. And I homeschool and we even experience that where so much of these resources are great resources, but it's like, everything we do is online. And I wonder about the effect that's having. And then how do you as a parent have, um, create that culture within your kids of, I guess, how, how they live that life of on screens in school or when you're not around.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that we, try to build up to that. So when our kids are young, I think as parents, we are, you're your child's best filter and you're your best, you're your child's best safeguard. And so again, there are children don't, we, as parents, we would love it if our kids could self-regulate on a screen. But I tell parents quite often that's unrealistic for two reasons. Number one, our kids' brains are not fully developed. So the prefrontal cortex, that part of the brain that's right here, it's responsible for decision-making, is not fully formed until we're in our mid-20s. And so um, that's challenging to ask them to be able to make good decisions when that part of the brain isn't quite formed yet. The other half of that is that that the technology we use uses persuasive design. So anyone that's watched watched the social dilemma, you're familiar Mm -hmm. with this, but the fact that there are algorithms at work that are designed to keep us hooked. And so you combine a brain that's not fully developed and technology that's extremely powerful. And that's just like a perfect storm. So it's really hard for our kids to be able to self-regulate. So as parents, again, we sit down and make a family tech plan. And decide like where we'll use screens, what are we going to do on them? So if my kids are doing using devices for school, which they do, my older kids at least, um, they're used in an open area. And so I am able to walk by at any point (laughs) and be like, are you on task? Again, it would Mm -hmm. be wonderful if they could completely (laughs) self-regulate. And some of them can all kids are different. That's other things. Some of them can, but quite often they can't. So it's just like a check-in. Like, are you staying on task? I mean, that, and that's just what I'll say. And as parents, we wish that we didn't have to be that babysitter, but it's just the reality of it. And so like, are you on task? And like, I'll sometimes ask my 14 year old, how long do you think, or what are you working on? And she'll say, okay, I'm doing this assignment for Khan Academy. And I'll say, how long do you think that will take? Just guessing. And what that does is it kind of puts the ball in their court. And again, this works better with older kids, but Mm -hmm. kind of thinking through if I stay on task about how long will this take me Mm -hmm. like 30 minutes. And I know mom's probably going to kind of check in with me in about 30 minutes and say, are are you done? (laughs) You know, you're not online shopping or watching YouTube videos or whatever. And it's just like, that's kind of our job and it's not to be like controlling, but to kind of just give offer them some check-ins. And then with my 17 year old, I do a lot less of that. Again, she uses her screen out in the open and I'm walking by and, but I do a lot less verbal checking in because she's old enough that she's kind of having to start to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, we control quite a bit when they're young Middle school, we're starting to let go a little, but we're doing a lot of checking in and probably even still early high school and then late high school. where, But we still have those boundaries in place, and I think that just helps everyone be accountable and to be safe, too, because yeah. there's just so much at stake. Do you like stories of inspiration, stories of faith? stories of encouragement, then I hope you will check out my podcast where I interview people of faith who share their stories of encouragement, the stories of inspiration, the stories of hope, and overcoming trials and difficulties that they have faced in their life and that we have faced in our lives as well. Hope you check it out.
0: I I really appreciate what you've said so far in terms of like strategy, Andrea. So, just I want to make sure that I'm that I'm getting it though. Just not, not just for yeah. our listeners, but also just for me as a dad. So, when <laughs> yeah. I go home in a little bit and we when we talk about this, so you're you're talking about making sure that the family collectively understands the spaces that you you do want devices to be used and not used in, but yeah. also um, the the things that you do together as a family that you want devices to be allowed into or not allowed into. Like, what do we want to keep special? As a family, yes. that we just don't allow devices into that. Um, and what are the what are the areas of our of our home even where we just we just say it doesn't go there, right? So you think yes. through that, but then you also talked about those those three C's. Could you give me those three C's again? The creating, mm-hmm. the connecting, or consuming—is that what it is?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. So obviously, like creating on a device, we maybe like I have a daughter who likes to write, and she'll write a story with her cousin that lives in another state on mm-hmm. Google Docs. And I'm a lot more flexible with that, the time spent Mm -hmm. on a device doing that versus looking for clothes online. Right, (laughs) right. Okay. So that, again, like online shopping, I have teen daughters. So that's more of a draw than video games. And so I think everyone has their thing. But again, that's still consuming. You're basically, you know, you want to limit that. And then connecting, like or my FaceTiming with someone. And again, like some people might argue that they're connecting on social media, but quite often we're mm-hmm. consuming not connecting. Mm-hmm. And so just being mindful of that. And, um, you know, my oldest, I told her, I'm like, I'd way rather you use, there's an app called Marco Polo where you can mm-hmm. send, video, you know, video messages oh, yeah. back and forth. And I like when she's using that you know, she's not allowed to have Snapchat. And so Mm -hmm. I like that she and her close friends can still connect through a device, but I know who she's connecting with. And it's more of a back and forth than like a disappearing message to hundreds of people that Mm -hmm. I don't know, (laughs) you know? So just kind of having those kind of conversations about that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I really appreciate having a conversation around the substance of what is happening on the screens. Like uh, a really empowering your family to say, all right, well, what are we doing on the screens? There's some things that are really worth our time. And there's some things we want to make sure that we really limit just plain consumption probably wants to be the lowest thing on our list, but, but there's good to be had when we're creating stuff together. There's good to be had when we are using technology to connect, like really forcing the family, inviting the family rather to reflect on the quality of our screen time. Yeah. And and and, yeah. and, and let's make decisions accordingly. Now, 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 Andrew, I want to, I want to pivot just a little bit and ask you this tough question. Like, how how do you know? You talked about giving your daughter uh, a smartphone too early and you're like, nope, we got to pull that back. How do you know when your kid is ready for that personal device? Not just the, like the family iPad that they get a set amount of time, you know, to, to, to utilize Mm -hmm. that then gets taken away from them, but like the personal device, the smartphone Mm -hmm. that they're going to carry with them and it's going to be always there. Like, how do you know when your kid's ready for that?
2: Yeah. Well, I actually love this question because it was where I went wrong and where I really felt I wanted to find an answer. And I just, a lot of parents just gave me an age and I was like, well, what's my backgrounds in secondary ed. So I taught junior high and I'm like, well, what's in an age because you (laughs) give me like one seventh grade boy and another seventh grade girl. And I'm like, Huge difference here. So I was like, age isn't really, can't really, I mean, it can play into it. Obviously I think a a minimum age might work for your family, but also really talking about how responsible are they and how emotionally mature are they? So this is what we did. We sat our kids down and we had like our flip chart and poster board. So this Mm -hmm. is after we'd already created a family tech plan. So they kind of Mm -hmm. gotten used to having these conversations and I asked the kids two questions. I said, what does it mean to be responsible? And we went through that. And then I said, what does it mean to be emotionally mature? And that's kind of a lot mm-hmm. to unpack for a younger kid. But as you talk about it, they'll they'll kind of get it. So responsibility, the kid said, oh, well, you get up for school on time without your parents waking you up. You take care of your personal belongings. Like you don't lose them or break them. You do your chores without you know, your mom always having to ask you. And so we kind of went through this list and then we talked about being emotionally mature means that you're kind to your siblings and you don't throw a fit when things don't go your way. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. So we made this list. And then because I'm a teacher, I turned that into a self-evaluation or former teacher, but I turned that into a self-evaluation and had the kids then ask themselves those questions when they start asking for a phone. And mm-hmm. so we have that available on our website on betterscreentime.com just on the front page and it's called am i ready. Mm-hmm. And parents can print that out when their kids or teens start asking for a device. And then I encourage parents to plug in their own family values because there might be things that are really important to your family that you feel your child or teen needs to be able to do or I have certain behavior you want to see before you're handing something over. And I think like sometimes when people hear about this self-evaluation, they're like, oh, well then you're just like handing the the phone over. And I'm like, no, (laughs) if you read the questions, it takes a really responsible kid and teen to be able to pass those. Plus the very last question says, does my parent feel that I have the need? And so that's like, You know, you're kind of coupling that responsibility with also like a need. Do they really need something? Sure. And then I just recommend that parents always start with a kid's safe phone first, which was not available when Mm -hmm. we started this journey, but there are a lot available
1: now. Well, can you, can you go a little bit more into a kid's safe phone? Because unless you've looked into that, you may not know what you mean.
2: Yeah. So there's one called Gab Wireless. (laughs) So that's G-A-B-B. And it looks and acts like a smartphone was completely internet free. And that is what our seventh and eighth graders have been using. And I like that because they can connect with their friends. It still has Mm -hmm. group texting, still has a camera, but they have no access to anything on the internet. And that's just helpful. I mean, sometimes parents will say, yeah, but they can still access the internet on a computer or whatever. And, and it's true. Like you still obviously need to teach your kids, but there's a difference between carrying something in your pocket and having it with you on you all the time. You're just, you're starting that dependency. Just really early when you're, yeah. when you hand it over too soon. So that's a good option. And then, um, we actually have this, a graphic on our website. It's called smartphone stair steps. Mm-hmm. So we say like, start with something like the gab, the gab, they also have a watch that can only call 10 numbers. So that's a great option. And then like working your way up, there is a phone called true me that's T R O O M I. And another one called pinwheel mm-hmm. and both of those have they do have the internet but they have limited apps so basically they have teams of professionals therapists who go through the the apps and kind of vet them like this is safe for kids this is not and then as a parent you can go in on the parent portal and allow certain apps and not and sometimes parents will say well yeah you can kind of do that on the iphone and on android with um like screen time and digital wellness and it's true, but there are also kind of a lot of loopholes. I mean, my, my oldest has an iPhone with mm-hmm. restrictions and um, we've just learned, learned a lot. <laughs>
1: there, yeah. are still,
2: there are still loopholes. So I think if you've got like a younger teen, picking one of these kids' safe phones is a really good way to go because it's just, you're, again, you're stair-stepping them into this instead
1: yeah. of just throwing them out there. Well, it's good to know that there are, um, options that when we talk about phones, it doesn't have to be, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, Oh, I'm just going to hand my 12 year old, a, a smartphone that I can't seem to turn to put down, but it's, it's good yeah. to know that, you know, I know that, um, I, I think what a lot of parents hear when it comes to screen time is the, um, almost the, the peer pressure or the, the culture pressure of like, well, I mean, my kids even say, Oh, everybody's got a phone. And I'm like, well no, but what what encouragement do you give to people that, or that you're either having to create a culture that's counter to what maybe their peers have, or they're saying, you know, look, yeah, we gave our kids a phone like you did. And now we've got a backup.
0: Well, just even to piggyback on that is I've got a first, I've got a first grader and there was a conversation, um, last week among first grade parents. One of the parents asked the question, Hey, we're thinking about getting our son an iPhone for his, for his eighth birthday, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. And all the parents just felt like they were, um, you know, stuck. They didn't know what they yeah. they, they didn't want to, They didn't know what to say because a lot of them were just like, "No, I would never get my." You know, my my eight-year-old an iPhone and others were like, Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, and so just you know, I, I'm in the middle of this right now, like parents wanting to give their first grade kid an iPhone. And the reason is because there are other kids, just maybe slightly older, who have them. And they so parents feel this pressure.
2: Yeah. No, the pressure is real, both for parents and kids. And so when we went back to the brick phone. It was, my daughter was embarrassed. Like she just left, she just shoved the phone in the backpack and it went to the back of the locker and it stayed there. And I know it was hard. So as a parent, I just say, first off, let your kid know, I know this is hard, especially as they get older and, and just saying, you know, I know that everyone else has this, but we have to think about like, what are other situations that your family has encountered where you had to be countercultural. I'm guaranteed. I think every family has had those situations. And so we have to like dig deep and just think, you know, this, this doesn't line up with my family's values. And this is why I've done my research, ABCD mm-hmm. and um, talk to your kids about that. I think it's just better To talk about why it's like Simon Sinek's, like, start with Mm -hmm. why we have to let them know why and not Mm -hmm. just say no, 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 and say, hey, you know, the technology has evolved faster than the science has. So while we have all this technology at our fingertips, we don't know what it's doing to us, we don't know um, everything, but yet we do know some things. And what we are learning is that. Technology is robbing children of their childhood mm. that it's taking away the opportunity for kids to learn resilience you know and like going out in the street and riding your bike and falling and crashing and skinning <laughs> your knee like that is that is how our kids build resilience and they're not going to build that sitting on the couch on a screen and and again like that's hard thing to explain to our kids, but we, we have to, and we have to just think, okay, well, what are some other ways that our family has been countercultural, and how have I navigated that? Whether that's how your family eats or what your family does on Sunday or any number of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, not being afraid to speak up with other parents and not in like a judgmental way, but just saying, Hey, you know, sharing like better screen time or sharing other resources that you've found saying, I was thinking that same thing. And then I listened to Matt and Rachel's podcast (laughs) and I was like, well, wait, I don't want my kid to like, you know, to, um, be on Roblox and, and have the stranger reach out to them and ask for a picture or. Um, I really just feel like, you know, and I, I tell parents all the time, like, while well, technology has changed what kids need hasn't. No. And so we do, we have to be brave and speak up and let them know. And sometimes there will be parents who feel like you do, but they just don't dare say anything. And so when you're brave enough to speak up and say, we've decided to wait, and this is why someone else will say, Oh, I was trying to decide what to do. I'm so glad that you said that because I hadn't thought of, you know. I hadn't thought of that. Sure. And it's hard. It's just it is. There's just it is. <laughs> but
0: I think Can, it's it's really important to know that you're not alone in trying to make these decisions for your kids and so I, I think yeah, it's right. one of the great one of the you know what's so great about what you're doing is you're you're helping create a community around this conversation so that parents not only have resources but they have friends and, and yes. other parents around them who are sure. like no you're not you're not crazy for thinking that your your eight year old shouldn't have a smartphone. you're not crazy yes. for thinking that and 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 there's power in even just knowing that there's one other parent out there who affirms the choices that you're making.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, and that's, we find strength and in, in numbers and Absolutely. Find in finding other people who feel that we do and can help us feel that resolve. And there's also a great program you may have heard of called wait until eighth. And they have a pledge mm-hmm. that you can sign saying that you're, you'll wait until eighth grade to hand over a smartphone and um we have signed we signed that pledge and we're really big advocates of that. Again, so my seventh, seventh grader does use a gab phone. I don't consider that a full on smartphone because it has no internet access. So yeah. it really is a communication tool. So just, you know, kind of being
1: mindful of that, but sharing resources with other parents can be really helpful. Sure. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Um Personal. So we were when we were emailing back and forth to try and schedule for this, for us to have this podcast, you wrote in one of your emails, um, yeah, my schedule's like that week because it's a screen free week. Mm-hmm. And I've been dying to ask you, like, I want to hear about that. Like, like tell me about it. I assume this is within your family. Um, what is what is screen free week?
2: Yeah. So we really love the organization called the Children's Screen Time Action Network they're associated with fair play. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, mm-hmm. but they have run screen free week probably for a decade for a really long time. I think it's always been the first week of May. And, um, I've always supported that even before I did better screen time, I've always like signed up for their pledge and, uh, it's more challenging now than it used to be. <laughs> That's the reality. Sure. Because their screens for so much, but we just have a conversation in our home that yes, we're still going to do work. We're still going to do, um, school Mm -hmm. on screens and we can't avoid that because it's not summer and we can't completely step away. we got to make a living. We have to get our homework done, but what, how that looks different for us is that after school time and the weekend, especially. So normally on Friday night, we do a family movie. So I've kind of just been prepping the family all along, like what are we gonna do Friday night? <laughs> Instead because of a movie, yeah. It's not movie night. Yeah. And so um there's an outdoor game that my that our kids just love called Cub. And it's like these wooden um I don't know how to explain it, but wooden sticks and like my whole family loves it. So I think like finding something that everybody can agree on agree on, mm-hmm. which can be hard for us in a family of seven, <laughs> that's just like other things that you love. So for us that's quite often games because mm-hmm. we can do games, um, food, like making something fun together, and just kind of breaking away from the normal thing that we do. And then, what that's looked like for me personally is I'm taking a break from social media. So I got on on Monday and I posted, "Hey, we're doing Screen Free Week this week," and that can be challenging, you know, if you're a business owner yeah. and you're trying to keep a message going, but. I've always just thought, you know, I'm going to, I want to live true to my values and it doesn't make sense if I'm trying to help people get off their screens. If I can't live that, even if I am Mm -hmm. trying to share this message. So I, I do take breaks from uh, social media. So like um, the other day, my daughter had her voice lesson and typically I drop her off and I sit in the car and my laptop and my phone and I work Mm -hmm. well uh, Tuesday. I went in with her. And listened (laughs) and like actually was there and present. And I think as parents, that's kind of what was always available to Mm -hmm. us before. Maybe we would have read a book or read the newspaper or something, but (laughs) before having a smartphone, like that's kind of what you did, you know, or maybe you went and ran some errands or something, but I went in same thing yesterday. My son had parkour actually went in and watched. And then today after school, I'm taking my younger two to the pool. And again, normally I'd be like, we do kind of our after school thing, and then I'm like, okay, I got to work for 30 or 40 minutes, or I'm checking something on social media. So it's just like, oh wow! And I jumped on the trampoline. It, it's just <laughs> amazing how all the little things that you you're like, I don't have time for, how you suddenly have time for yeah. when you just kind of you step away from optional tech and that that's a line from Cal Newport. He wrote a book called digital minimalism and he kind of distinguishes the difference between optional tech and like required tech. So for many of us, things like video games, social media, um, even sometimes reading the news, those things can be optional tech that we can kind of step away from during screen-free week. Yeah. Yeah. The benefits are real. It's, kids were like, you're going to come jump on the tramp with us yesterday. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's go. They were super excited. And it was How 15 fun. minutes. And then I had to go make dinner. You know, you still have to yeah. be a parent, but they were super happy.
0: <laughs> you know, as you've, as you've heard from parents uh, about the impact that, um, you know, having a plan as a family for technology uh, that, that, you know, that, um the impact that that's had on them. You know, what's some of the, what's some of the, the benefits, some of the, some of the positive feedback that you've received when they reach out to you and say, Andrea, this has been so worth it because dot, 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 what do they say?
2: Yeah. It's usually the connection with Mm. either with a spouse or partner or with their kids. And like, I never noticed how much I was on my phone. (laughs) It's usually like, I never noticed how much I was on my phone, even in the, the hours when, you know, everybody's kind of here and maybe you're not doing something together as a family. So it can be easy to just like, I'm going to hurry and respond to that email. Um, but parents typically that's the thing that they notice the most is I just, I feel less hurried, less distracted and, um, more connected. And I think that's really the goal is like, and I think that We are starting to lose some of those hobbies and things that we used to do, at least for me. I mean, it's different for everyone, but for me, I'm kind of tend to lean toward the workaholic side. (laughs) And so it's not like I'm just like binging Netflix. I'm usually on my email or something like that. So for me, it's like, oh, yeah, I used to really love to bake, but I don't spend a lot of time doing that anymore because I'm on a device. And so for me, even that's what screen free week has looked like. I have my recipe books right here. I've been like, okay, I'm going to try some new recipes this week. And um, things that maybe used to bring you pleasure that you don't do anymore, just reconnecting with that. It's really good for the soul. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's so easy for us, especially when, you know, as adults, our screen time is connected to our working. It's so Mm -hmm. easy for us to justify it. Because you know I'm I'm working I'm providing for the family um, it's it's you know I, it's something I have to do it's something I have to do and so it's really easy to step into that self justification mode to to uh, to make an excuse for all of your your consuming and all of your screen time but but there is so much that we 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 miss out on if if we don't just lift our heads up for at least a second and realize mm-hmm. how much time is devoted to staring at something that isn't one of the most important people or things in the world, you know, there's, there's so much we overlook.
2: It's so true. I remember listening to, um, I really like Michael Hyatt. He is a, a business, you know, leadership, leadership coach and mentor. And he said that he finally decided to have his office lights turn off automatically at, um, 6 PM. So they just turn off on their own, which I don't know how to do that in my house, but I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Plus my office is like also the music room and everything else. So I can't do that, but our router will turn off our Wi-Fi at 10 30. And that's very helpful because not only does it safeguard my kids, but there have been times when I've been on, like, I got to email this person or I have to do this thing. And all of a sudden, um, I just get this flash across my screen, like, it's bedtime. That's what it says. (laughs) It's bedtime. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting off the computer now. So I think that can also be helpful for us to use tech to help you manage the tech because we don't have those stopping cues. And it really is easy to just let your work bleed into every spare moment that you have because it's Mm -hmm. always accessible.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So you've mentioned a lot of resources and they're all available at um i assume your instagram would be or the website betterscreentime.com yeah. Yeah, so what right. would you so so you can point people towards those resources which i'm i've jotted down all of them i cannot wait to go check them out but what would you say to somebody who's like because i know we approach screen time a lot of times with fear so like what would be the one or two things that you would just offer right now to somebody who's like this feels overwhelming. I want to. I want to do better. I want to have more, better relationships with my spouse or my friends or whatever. What, so what would you offer? What would you say?
2: Yeah. Well, I think one easy place to start is with our discussion guide, which parents can get on Amazon. It's called creating a tech healthy family. 10 must have conversations to help you worry less and connect more with your kids. And I really, I know that feeling of overwhelm because that's how Mm -hmm. I felt when I realized I had done this wrong. Mm -hmm. And now where do I start? And I thought, really, this has to start with our relationships and with conversations with our kids. And so I just took those discussions that we had with our kids and put them in a simple discussion guide that you can get on Amazon. And I think that's a great place to start because you at least get the conversation going and you will have a family tech plan. Mm -hmm. by the time you finish those discussions. And then I think also just picking one small habit that you can um, change for yourself, whether that's taking your phone out of the bedroom or Mm -hmm. putting your device away during dinner or um, taking your kid on a date, a one-on-one date and leaving your device at home. I think it will look different for everyone, but you know, you have that parental intuition and, That will guide you to know, I think, what your next step should be. But just Mm -hmm. pick something really small to change. And then I think it's like anything. Once you start to experience the results, then you get some motivation and momentum to do even a little better. And I think as parents, we just want to be the change we want to see, really. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
0: It, It starts with us. And if it can start with us just a little bit. Um, the, yeah. And we start to see the impact and appreciate it, then then we'll feel that much more encouraged and empowered to then in, invite the rest of our family into it, and we'll yes. and we'll feel like a little less of a hypocrite when we do it because we've had yes. a little bit, just a little bit of success <laughs> yep. ourselves.
2: Yes, and then you can share that experience because I always tell parents like stories go much farther than stats. Sure. So you can tell your kids all the scary stuff that can happen to them, but if you can speak from personal experience and say, hey, I made this little change last week and I've you know, i been putting my device away and reading at night and I forgot how much I love to read and such a simple thing, but that goes a lot farther with our kids, I think.
0: It does, it does. Andrea, thanks so much for having this conversation with us. I I, I really appreciate it.
2: No, thank you. It was my pleasure.
0: So, Rachel, I don't know about you, but but I find myself taking a whole bunch of mental notes about the resources that Andrea mentioned and the and the tips that she gave. It's stuff that I can like I can put into action right now, like when I get home and Absolutely. try to have these discussions with my family about about our use of technology. Super helpful for me. Like, did you did you find what she said really helpful for you?
1: Oh, there were so many things where uh, I, w- I was like, OK, I just need to. And out there to everyone, just go check out betterscreentime.com. Or if you're on Instagram, her Instagram is full of like deep diving more into some of her teachings and her philosophies and resources. And I can't wait to like take the time and and look through some of those resources.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, as a, as a parent, I can feel on this topic, like I don't know where to begin, you know, in terms of having a conversation with my teenage daughter about screen time or setting boundaries with my son, or even, even trying to manage it myself. And, and Andrew really takes that excuse of, well oh, I don't know where to begin off the table because she gives me a whole bunch of starting points.
1: 100 10%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so I was really, really thankful for that. Um, of the, of the advice that she gave and insights that she had anything in particular, just kind of jump out at you, Rachel.
1: Just the, the, really the value of like taking the time to say, what is my family tech plan? Just that idea yeah. of a family tech plan and saying like, Oh yeah, what, um, What do we think? What do I think? What are my values? What do I, um, because I don't know if you know this about me. I love TV and I love movies. I don't think screens and and internet, I don't think it's bad, you know, but I do know um, that it becomes way more, than just a hobby it becomes something that i mean i'm constantly i'll even catch myself i'm constantly listening to an audio book or a podcast and you could argue like well that's good it's not but it's it's if i'm doing that i'm not talking to my kids and i'm not engaging in the world around me so i i know that i have a tendency to love to lose myself in those things um which is just not how i want to live life and so the the value of stepping back and going oh what 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 do I think and what do I want? And then how can that influence the culture in my house? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For sure. I,
0: I, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Like I'm just, you know, I know the the conversation was about families and our kids in mm-hmm. particular, but but really I, I I find myself thinking a lot about me and 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 just the amount of content that I'm consuming and the amount sure. of time that I'm spending on screens. And I've been on this kick recently, just really trying to focus on in my own kind of study and reflection on like trying to make life simpler for me, Mm -hmm. like in a lot of like really basic ways. And so like one of the things I've had to do is because I've recognized that I always had something in front of my eyes or in my ears. Mm -hmm. And this might sound so basic. People are like, well, that's nothing. But like for me, it's been big. I have tried to incorporate seven minutes of silence into every day. Gosh, now I I yeah. I, I, pr- I pray with regularity um uh often throughout my day but that's still a lot of me talking and making noise and so I've tried to like incorporate just 7 minutes of sitting mm-hmm. still and like nothing. And trying to do that has made me realize how how filled my life is, tip sure. like, in particular with technology. Mm-hmm. Just always in front of me. And like I've got to get a handle on that. Before I can really, I think, you know, substantively help my, help my kids get a handle yeah, on that. For sure. But now, one yeah. of the things that she said that I, that I really appreciated though is as I dive into that conversation with my family about technology and screen time is her focus on quality and substance. Yeah. So not just talking about, you know, like when we will allow screens or in what parts of the home we will allow screens, but really, Equipping the family to reflect on, well, what, what kind of interactions are we having on the screens? Are we, are we connecting? Are we creating or are we just consuming? And I think that's a, that's a, that's a great question. I love those three things because there are some wonderful things that can happen on the screen. But if it's all just that passive consumption then that's bad. So let's like, let's, let's recognize that screens can be good, but let's balance out our interaction a little bit and say like, well, let's, let's err on the side of using it as a tool to connect with people that we love or using it to create things that we enjoy and make the world a better place. Like that's, that's better. That's a lot better. For sure. Um,
1: so, uh, I was also thinking as I was listening to her is like, it's okay to make a change that might be hard. So I even had an incident yesterday where, um, we had a lot going on and my kids were watching TV and they were like, can we watch one more? And I was like, yes. And then I stopped myself and I was like, ah, I know I just said yes, but I don't feel good about it. And it's time to turn off the TV. And it mm-hmm. was, they, I was not the most popular person in the house, but I know even that small thing yesterday was hard, but to say like, no, it just encouraging anybody out there, like you can Andrea did it, you can back up and you can say, yeah. I thought one way and now I think differently. So we need to do things differently. And just the encouragement that offers is like, even if you've done things one way, you can say, no, we want to make a change and you can do that. And it, it's, it might be hard, but it might be worthwhile.
0: Yeah, I yeah. really appreciated the fact that she was willing to admit to her own daughter, like, we made a mistake and we need to go back. And, you know, I, I know I said a minute ago, like, I gotta get a handle on my own screen time before I can really start to engage with it with my mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, honestly, you know, I think one of the things that I got from this conversation with Andrea is that look, I don't have to wait until I've got it perfectly figured out right. until I help my kids wrestle with this. Do do I need to avoid hypocrisy if at all possible? Yes, but we can do this together. Like we can do this together. We can have a conversation about screen time and technology together. In fact, that's probably the best way to approach it. Like all yeah. of us, all in together, as a family. Yeah. Rachel, if you had to summarize it, boil it down into, into one kind of make it simple soundbite, mm-hmm. what, what would it be for you? Your big takeaway from this conversation about technology with Andrea?
1: You know what, my, my one thing that I hope I remember, um, as I'm going to bed tonight would be, um, I can start with making one change that I can mm-hmm. start with keeping it simple. Oh, I, I didn't mean to do that, but that I can keep it simple and I can uh, start with one thing and that can make an impact and it can make a difference that Approaching screen time doesn't have to be scary or overwhelming. I can stop and say, what are my values and uh, create a family tech plan. And I can come up with one thing that I want to do differently and just start there. Um, And I found that really encouraging.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, what I, what I, what I kind of would take away as I make it simple soundbite is it's not really actually anything Andrea said. It's really just something she reminded me of that, that technology is a resource and a gift. It's a resource and a gift. But if if you don't manage it, like any gift, it will manage you. And when the gift starts managing you and dictating your life and overriding your values, then it ceases to be a gift and it becomes a burden. Yeah. And so the opportunity that we have as 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 families, and if you're a person of faith, we would frame this in terms of stewardship is to make sure that we we take the gift and we, we try to keep it a good thing. And we we say, you know what, I'm gonna let my values and my beliefs and my vision of who I want my family to be and who I want us to become, I'm gonna let that dictate the usage of this resource rather than allow this resource to dictate life and my mm-hmm. values in my home. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, the opportunity in front of me and, and my house and and the rest of us who are, who are listening, is mm-hmm. to be good stewards of the resource that that is technology.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, we would love to hear what you think about this conversation with Andrea Davis. In particular, you know, share any, any tips or tricks that you've got with managing screen time with yourself or with your kids. You can share those over at Instagram. Go over to our Instagram page, which is at M. Popovitz. That's at M P O P O V I T S. Find the post about today's episode with Andrea Davis and then give it a like and drop a comment. Tell us what you think. Share your insights from today's episode. All right, Rachel. Thanks for thanks for having this conversation. I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna fight the urge once we once we finish this interview to just to just jump right back on my phone. I'm gonna fight that urge Same. and try and go and have like an actual, like real human okay. conversation. All right.
1: I'm gonna close my laptop and get on with my day. <laughs> good,
0: good. Yeah. All right, let's do this again, shall we? Let's do it. Thanks for helping us make it simple. The show is produced by MPM. Our editor is Marsha Lambeth. Artwork for the show was designed by Brenton Little. Do you have a topic you'd like us to tackle or an expert you'd like us to chat with? Send your ideas to info at mattpopovits.com. That's info at M-A-T-T-P-O-P-O-V-I-T-S dot And if you'd like more information about Make It Simple or MPM, just head to mattpopovits.com.